I'm confronted with my partner's affair partners every single day. How do I overcome the anger? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Tyler. What's going on, Brandon? Uh, hey, I'm excited. We got a big announcement today. Big announcement today. I'm excited yeah. about it too. I'll, I'm happy to make it. So we actually have been working on some things and we've decided to join a network called the Sober Powered Media Group. And it's basically a group of podcasters who are all top 100 podcasts in the area of addiction. So addiction recovery. All sorts of different kinds of addiction recovery. Um, there's a couple that I'll just mention. There's several several inside the group, but we've got Sober Powered Podcast with Jillian Tietz, and then we have the Addicted Mind Podcast with Dwayne Osterlin. So you can kind of get a flavor of there's going to be a lot of science. There's going to be a lot of relationship stuff, um, but we've decided to join this group because we feel like it's like-minded people working towards the same goals. Yeah. And I think you you go over there, you can get all kinds of different information that supports each other in, in what recovery is. And, and so there's, there's substance abuse, there's alcohol. Um, they, they talk about everything when it comes to addiction. So uh, we're excited. We're excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Grateful to be a part of it. Yep. All right, Tyler, let's, uh, let's dive in with our guest, Holly, today. So Holly, welcome to the show. Hi. How are um, you? We're doing good. <laughs> um, if you uh, if you could just ask a, ask us any question and kind of give us a little bit of background, that would be awesome. Okay, so if we pose the question, no, we're um, uh, I've been uh, going through the process of uh, learning about some long time betrayal and somebody that I've been with for 20 years. And um, uh, in the process of that, you know, I had a D-Day on a, on a real kind of hard find. Uh, I wasn't told about what had been taking place for at least six years that I know of, but could potentially even be the entire 20 um, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, my my uh, partner had a motor vehicle accident and the police passed me a phone. And while I went into the phone to call some of the family and friends to let them know that they were taking them by helicopter to the nearest trauma center, the fourth message down was the first piece of information that told me that uh, my partner was being unfaithful. And then there was some, you know, some of the the um, delayed truth that came to me in other ways, not, you know, as, as I went through that in the short period of time of getting through recovery, like he actually, he did, he did live through it and it was very traumatic and I had to hold everything back until his brain trauma had subsided enough for me to be able to tell him what, that I was aware of what was going on. And in the journey, I have found, I've done a lot of self-reflection, both me and my partner are kind of imperfect people in our own lives and came together that way. And, and, and we're both, you know, survival modes and I can see that now and go through it and walk through it and understand. And it's, it hasn't, it's uh, it's been a journey and it's been hard, but um, 
Um, we, you know, we've chose to walk through it. And I think out of the 20 years that we've been together and everything that we've been through, this has actually been, it's been a year, the best year that we've had. It hasn't been easy. It's been difficult. It's, it's, you know, heartbreaking. And um, you go, you turn into somebody you don't recognize, but uh, we made a commitment to work through it and we've been working through it. And, and I, and I do see us, and feel like we're in the best year of the 20 that we've ever had now that we're being honest with each other and being vulnerable with each other, which was something that neither one of us could do. And so, you know, feeling the pain of how I've contributed to, and not contributed to make excuse for or accept, because I didn't choose to, um, you know, to act out, I guess, in those ways, but I probably chose to act out in other ways by keeping myself too busy and drowning myself in education or drowning myself in my horses or drowning myself in, um, um, we're musicians. So, you know, organizing events and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but the one thing I have a real hard time with is, is we're in a very small town and every day I have to see the, the people that chose because there's more than one that chose knowing who I am, knowing it's a very small community. Like, um, and I'm really angry at them and, and I get tired of the, cl- the cliches of, well, you can write a letter, but you should burn it. Or, you know, that, that you silence that voice one step further for people who chose to hurt you and hide it from you and alter your reality and not give you the choice. They themselves not give you the choice to make an informed decision of where you could be, should be, want to be in your life. And I'm really angry at them. I'd like, you know, I work on getting through it and I, and I am in a better place. Like I, it's a daily thing. Like it, it really is. And I try to do a lot of reading and stuff, but why shouldn't I send them a letter? Why shouldn't I write them a note and tell them? that they should look at their own selves and ask themselves why they would choose to hurt somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Holly, um, man, I guess I first just want to say, wow, that's a whole bunch of stuff to go through in a short period of time with all sorts of trauma layered on top. So I know we're touching like one piece of it today, but there's a whole bunch there too. And I can hear it in your voice that there's a lot and you've been overloaded. So, um, I just want to give that a voice before we jump into this a little bit. I mean, what a day, what a day. I mean, talk about trauma stacked on top of trauma, you know, all the mixed emotions that must have come with finding this stuff out while also in a helicopter about losing your, you know, your loved one in a massively traumatic accident. I mean, just, that's a lot of crazy mixed emotion to to try to process. I had a choice in that moment to either, hang on to the love that I did know somewhere, like the, the, whatever you want to call it. I mean, both of us have been through a lot when we've held together and he's found other ways to act out in times when we couldn't be there for each other. But I held his hand. I, I chose to hold his hand and tell him in that moment that everything was going to be okay. His mother was, was passing away at the same time. And I had to be there for the whole family. I couldn't tell them. They don't know. None of them know. None of them know this happened. But at the, you, so that you, was it. I chose, I made that choice. And, and I chose not to. I could have left that phone wide open 
and told the nurse to, here, give him this when he, if he ever does wake up, give him this and walk away. I could have, and I chose not to. Even to I, this, I even to this day, Holly, none of them know this happened? Not on his, no, there's only, uh, there's only one person in my immediate family that knows that this happened. Um, and that's my, uh, no, sorry, there's two, my, my oldest brother and my daughter. And we're talking about multiple affairs. We're talking about multiple affairs, and just one person in your yeah. family knows, and that's it. Yes. Okay. I'm just gonna like we'll put that on the shelf for just a minute. Maybe we'll come back to it. Um. But yeah, just I, I echo what Tyler's saying. Like, oh my gosh, you've been through a lot, and now you're in this small town, and you're confronted with seeing these women again and again right um yes yeah i mean i i i hope this doesn't like sound like i'm dismissing your feelings but i picture you walking into the grocery store and like the produce department could quickly become a wwf ring you know <laughs> actually it happened it actually it actually happened it, and it didn't but it didn't become a wwf ring because you know what was ironic about it was we were coming from a couples therapy mm. talk session and stopped at the local, uh, you know, store where we you know, can get local grown uh, produce and, and um, groceries. And it's often just, it's not a big one. It's a, it's a little one because we live in a small place. And, and, and one of them was right there. And I, I was literally, uh, I'm, I'm, brushing past her we're obviously with masks on because it is COVID it was at the time with COVID restrictions and, and not so much now but at the time it it was within 20 minutes of leaving a session and we went to stop to get some stuff for supper and the both of us were standing there me first and right on top of of this person and I chose again to not make a scene to not do that to not react that way that I knew, I knew by, you know, somehow that that was not going to change anything or make anything better. Oh, it happens. Can I, can I ask you your question? Um, just to to flush this out, you say, why not write a letter and actually send it to these people? Um, so uh, I'm asking you, Holly, why not? Well, you know, you, you, that's part of the judgment piece, right? Like shaming. So we can tie in all the shame of so many different shades of shame. <laughs> Maybe they should have wrote a book about that. Yeah. Um, just that, that, you know, that's how you're cultured, right? That write the letter and burn it. Don't send it. What would what would be the significance of sending it. it for you? What would be the significance of sending it for you, Holly? How would it, how, how would it help? So that's, a, and that's, the, that's a very good question that I keep telling and asking myself, and I'm at a place now a year in, and I can talk myself through a lot of, I can talk myself out of it. Like I can, but I'm walking myself through, I feel like at these times, and there are only glimpses in time. Some of these are just moments, and I like to go back to them and go, you did it in that moment if I'm struggling in a moment. I remind myself of the moment that you had the card in your hand, and you wrote it, you had the address, and you burned it. 
So, so Holly, I want to come back and ask you another question really quickly. <clears throat> you, you, you've written the card, you haven't sent it and you said you talked yourself out of it, but you, but I, I want you to just think about this for a second. There's an emotional need that's burning inside that keeps coming up that makes you want to send that letter. And I want to just maybe back out of whether or not to send the letter and let's look at the need itself. Like what, what is inside of you that's screaming to be seen emotionally? What, what needs to be seen? The pain. Yeah. Yeah. She chose, she chose, her words were, we will do this until it doesn't work for one of us. Mm. Like diminished all those years in a person's life in a small town and children and family and friends and a whole network and her own. Now forth, I have to go to a place where I can actually find empathy and compassion and see her as human. And we make mistakes. And what, what, what woman? That's who has two, at the time, small children of their own, had no, uh, was never going to choose him. Her herself was never going to choose him forever. It was a fling. It was just something she needed herself. Her, Holly, her, for her. Holly, I want to stop you for just a second. Note, notice what's coming. It's the anger. It's the, she's a it's, selfish. I'm angry. She's a selfish human being who did a horrible thing. Yes, that's true. But back to Tyler's question, um, you, th- that anger there, we could, we could, we could talk about that the whole time and, and it's all true. It's right? all true. But it comes back to what do you need, Holly? What, what do you need on an emotional level here? Um, and, and you went there, you, you went, I need yes. somebody to see my pain. Yes. You, that's what I heard from you. Do, do, well, you, do, you, do you see that, Holly? I do. And, uh, and I know that, uh, you know, probably at the end of the day, it, that person's never going to see it anyway because they chose it in the first place. So you're, you know, you're wasting your breath. Um, yeah, go yeah. ahead, Tyler. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of thoughts here, um, Holly. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to send or not send a letter because I believe you could probably, probably find peace and happiness in your process either way. Yeah. Now, now the, the challenge here is, is if you're going to send the letter, the letter would need to be sent for certain reasons that are geared towards that need you have inside, which is to acknowledge and validate the pain that I'm experiencing. But sending the letter for this person to then call you up and take you to lunch and sing Kumbaya is not going to happen. Um, probably most likely, most likely. I mean, it's happened before with some of our clients, but it's like, probably. So it's more that I'm going to send that letter because I feel like I need to have the voice to speak it than it is for me to expect her to see my pain. And if I, if I'm acknowledging my pain that way by doing that, then maybe that's an okay reason to do it. Um, but, but the goal here is, is that you've got a wounded heart that, that doesn't know how to receive that sort of like opportunity to grieve that opportunity to, to validate the pain that's there sounds. And it sounds like you might not even have a good team to have an outlet for a lot of this. Your family doesn't even know about any of this stuff. 
And so it's finding its way out through the anger. And the anger is actually trying to do a job for you, but it's trying to get to that core need that's underneath it. Yeah. Uh, Holly, I to go along with what Tyler said. I I think you've been dump trucked a little bit. So, you know, there you are, like life's bumping along. You're, you know, all of a sudden, boom, all this, all this crap is dumped all on top of you. And the person who who kind of filled that truck up in the first place um, is is there saying, hey, I'm gonna help you dig out here, right? Um, but I'm wondering how, how well he's doing with really helping you dig out. It, it feel, what, what I'm hearing, this is an issue of isolation in, in that you've been dumped on all this stuff. And now it's your responsibility to you know, on your own, except for this one family member that you have on your own, work through all these emotions, deal with all this stuff and try to smile and, and be in love again with your husband and be okay in that small town that you live in. Um, and so there, here you are with us, like just ready to explode with emotion because you've been so isolated in those, in those feelings of pain. Does, does that make sense? Does that ring true to you? Holly? In, 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 uh, yes, you know, it's been a difficult time. So, I mean, in answer to your question, um, I am, I'm not 100% alone. I've only told one family member, but I, what I, because it's a small town, you're trying to get through it. You've, that, those, you know, that, 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 that is the choice that we've made. Um, that's a choice I made, actually. Um, but he had to, to be in agreement. you know, it, it takes two. It wasn't going to be forced out his throat. It was like, are we doing, like, what are we doing? And his near-death experience alters our story a little bit, changes the dynamics a little bit for the average because he's had a near-death experience. Mm. He's also had brain trauma. So again, like, yes, adding to your concern for Kim and her suppressed emotions is, is that there are some things I can't get away from. He's had brain trauma. Right. So you could only overload it so much. And his mom had passed away within three weeks of his accident. And which, and, and I, I was which, coming which out all this stuff, Holly, isolates you even more. You, right. You, but I do right? have, I went, I, so I did go to talk therapy and to the point where I felt like, okay, I don't want to like go keep going back in time. Like I'm, I'm trying to focus more on the future. And I wasn't really getting what I needed out of that therapy going forward to give me the tools to deal with at the time. And, um, and we're in a small town again, so professional capacity again, very small, 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 small community. Um, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. Um, where was I going with that thought that he has demonstrated in many ways and continues to go that like go and put that effort in, um, to show me that that's behind me. And I was on my, according to him, I was struggling so bad for so long because I didn't like the life that I was, that I was living. And, um, these, these, his infidelity happened in, in gaps. There were two, two admitted, um, affairs. One was five years ago 
and the other one was um, according to him we had a like we had a sexless part in our for for several years so it's complex and he sought out in through his entitlement at some point after I think three years and that's the one that was the fourth text down and she was not somebody that he was staying with it was purely on both of their parts for just that what that was and only brief and that was it one one occurrence and, and both of them weren't going back to it it was okay you're good for a year and the, the again to add to my story I read all this I can't get it out of my head this has been part of my struggle your thoughts you read it it's awful I don't recommend to anybody listening to this don't read it don't go look at it don't let your mind tell you that you want to see it because you don't the rest of his um, infidelity would be around, like, emotional flares through texting, telling people they look nice and all that stuff. He hit the tree, had a near-death experience. He told me he was leading into just feeling so awful. And I saw the signs before his accident of him actually tuning into to me, that in a way I didn't recognize because it had been so absent for so long. And I had just crawled in my shell avoided it all. I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want to be abandoned. That's my history. Mm. And so right now, he still goes to therapy. He goes to psychological therapy because he has his own deep wounds and I won't, again, make excuses. He doesn't make excuses. Could he, could he do more? I don't think he could do more because I think he's building his own emotional capacity through his own trauma. I, I think I told everybody that we are two very imperfect people. And when I say imperfect, I just mean people who can really put their fingers on their childhood trauma and the stuff relationship-wise that they've been dragging with them. And how, again, him and I are even together. If I go back to year one, if I go back to year one, if I was a healthy person in year one, then I would have quit him a long time ago, as the song goes. Because I would have never got into it, because I wouldn't have needed it. And the same probably him for me. And somehow we just, through all kinds of other things lying underneath, we just held this together. But right now, yes, he's doing the work, and he tries, and he has remorse, and he doesn't know what to tell me. He doesn't know what to tell me, and sometimes... If I react, like along the way in this first year, you can imagine in the first few weeks, the first days, few weeks, months of, of being able to, to, to share this with him and, and then be out there in the community and go to my granddaughter's birthday party and one of them be there ahead of me at the same location that we're pulling in, um, I would react bad. I was in bad state and I didn't react well. Um, I didn't respond. I reacted, and I had complete breakdowns. Yeah. Well, and I, he I didn't know how to. And it wasn't. And he, but he would. He accepted it. And I. And I think there's been sometimes along the way that there's some people that would have walked away. That would have said, I'm, "I'm just out of it." The 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 affair that he had five years ago. I mean, he was miserable in our relationship. He just didn't have the heart to tell me. He was literally all the signs of I'm kind of walking out the door but just couldn't put that foot out the door. Holly. Holly it's not an excuse. I just want to tell like, Holly, it's so complex and stuff. Holly, let me be annoying for just a minute. Okay. Yeah. So I love it. let me be cliche and annoying for just a minute. I want to, do, do you journal much? 
Oh, it's interesting you ask that question because I journal a lot, and my therapist has told me that uh, she loves the unique way that I do journal. Uh, okay, excellent. Do you do you meditate? Uh, I have horses, and I live on um, on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean, and I go places with my dog and lakes and, and ocean. And yeah, so meditation to me is not sitting in a place. Um, you know, yoga style, it's in nature and with animals. Love it. Love it. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. Nature, um, connection to the earth. Um, do you believe in God? Do you pray? I have, uh, weaved in and out with my, in my faith with God. And so, that's a complicated question. So you, I do believe that God is speaking to us both. Okay. So. Because he is, he is, he can script you the Bible. He has, he comes from, he comes from, he comes from a very strong religious and Christian, a Christian background. And uh, for him, part of his struggle is to have betrayed him own self and his own beliefs. And his, uh, his stray from God. Mm. But yet the struggle to get back to God, if you're a Christian, it's interesting because both of us, I think, do. You see them a response to me. Okay. Uh, Did you get that or am I, am I sounding really crazy? Because, no, this, no, the, no, you, on. you being emotional and crying is it's what okay. needs to happen. It's so, okay. so here's the thing, Holly, and I want you to hear this. I don't think you need to focus on moving forward and I don't think you need to focus on the past. What I do think you need to do is step into the present in, in what is for you right now going on. And so when I'm asking you things about journaling and being in nature and praying and to, you, you know, you need to stop and feel and, and allow these feelings to process. And that's not focusing on the past. When you're talking, Holly, I'm feeling overwhelmed with everything that you have going on in your whole story and everything that's happened. Like, oh my goodness. And your mind is trying to make sense of all of this. And what you need to do is maybe for every day for right now is have a good cry. Write in your journal. Like feel the energy of those horses that you have and just the smell of the horses and the connection to the nature. Tyler, am I? You know me, I'm a big fan of the horses for sure because we do a lot of horse stuff with our, our things too. But yeah, so Brandon, where you're going, and this is important because... I think this is where you, Holly, you've got, you've got limited energy every day to use. And we want to use your energy on the things that can matter the most right now. And right now what Brandon's saying is, and I'm seeing this too, is you've got natural feelings for anyone who's been in your shoes before. And you need to be able to have the space to, to process those, to identify those, to give yourself permission to feel those things. 
And then there'd be some other principles that would help with that. And the things Brandon was asking about a wrestle with a higher power, someplace bigger to put some of these feelings, journaling, a, a way to move the things that are going on in your head into a language that'll allow your body to process it differently. The horses and nature grounding mother nature, being able to give it somewhere, be letting, I mean, to me, we were in, we were in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago and I just laid in the ocean, just floating in that salt water for like 30 minutes. And I just felt like the, like literally mother nature was just pulling in that motion of the water, pulling it out of me, like use those things at your disposal to allow the emotions to process. We were talking about connection with other people. Now, and then, and then you, you, you kind of defended your husband and said, no, he's trying to do it for me, but you're still isolated. Like we've got to be able to find you a few other places, outlets to let I, this I do have, flow. I have friends, yeah. I have friends, very close friends. And, and at the same time, uh, what's really interesting about what's going on, and this probably is several of your other uh, topic discussions, I think I've, I've seen as, as titles in terms of the effects of, COVID and, and all this isolation and, and like we see it in relationships and and I do have a very close friend that I've been a child I've, I'm 51 and I've known her since we were five four and five and she's going through a very similar situation uh, at, the, at the very same time and so we, we used each other to you know help us through and we had had a little disconnect um, in our relationship, but it really kind of brought us back together. We built on that. And I do have friends that know and friends that I can talk to. And, um, okay, good. and so that's been valuable, but in a small town, my, and my family, what we're trying, what we've been trying to avoid is that you should leave him voice. So I'm very careful who I share it with, because if you're going to tell me that I should be shameful for choosing to stay, then I really don't have much to talk to you about okay. because I have no shame in choosing. Holly, you don't need, because you I don't need somebody to tell you what to do. You need somebody to hold space for you. So, right. And they, yeah. it's part of family situations. My family, if they knew, <laughs> and, and surprisingly, my daughter who has lived with this, my, my daughter's not that old. So, I mean, she's in her, her later twenties, but she spent since she was eight, you know, so she loves this man and she knows, and she's helped me through, uh, as much as she can. Cause she has her own life and stuff and things that, you know, on the go with her children and whatever. So I haven't dumped it on her, but, but you know, so I'm not alone. I'm not isolated completely as maybe I have, I have said, I'm not, I have talked to him about keeping his secret. <clears throat> I have but, talked to him about but, but Holly, you, Holly, Holly, you are alone in that you don't have many people that you open up vulnerably to about. So you have support, you have friends, you have, but you don't want yeah. people to tell you what to do. You don't want people to tell you to leave. You, you're very careful about who really knows you on that vulnerable, emotional level that can just hold that space for you. And and, and, and there's, I can tell there's some feelings around God there. So you're guarded there. Um, and th it's going to take a little bit of surrender to release. Anger is a secondary emotion. There's some pain, fear, sadness, something underneath it. Yeah. And, and you can Absolutely. keep it trapped with the anger by saying, no, 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 no. I'm just going to stay here angry. 
versus being very vulnerable with those feelings and allowing them to process. Um, Tyler, I want to ask you this. I know we're out of time. Um, if I broke my leg last week, like shattered it, um, and I called you and I was like, Hey dude, like it's hurt. Yeah. I'm in a lot of pain, but that happened last week. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Rub some dirt Um, on it, dude. Stand up. I'm going to move for, I'm going to move forward. Um, because that was last week Yeah. and my, my, my leg shattered. What would you tell me? I'd say, have you been to the hospital yet? And let's get that thing set. I don't want to go to the hospital. That happened last week. I'm moving forward. Yeah. So what are you saying? I do that. Yeah. I I get what you guys are saying. I really do. I'm just going to say, because time is running out. I'm going to say, I really get what you say. I don't know to the level of vulnerability I need to go yet. Like I get what you're saying in terms of if if you're only going to slightly repair it, it's not going to get fixed. And I get that. And I'm trying, but like, I mean, Got- I can now look at it and go, I, I try to look at things now when I'm in the moment, like to, to help me through, to go, am I observing the moment that's happening right now while I'm talking to a friend or watching TV or a show or listening to a song or whatever happens in the course of a, just a moment and, and then your feelings kick in and then you start to react. And I really am trying to focus on, am I observing what's happening right now or am I casting my feelings that's happening inside of me out onto that moment. I don't know how else to be vulnerable. I, I know I need to be more vulnerable. I'm very vulnerable with him, and he does allow that space for me, and he holds it. I wish he would say more. So so here's the I thing. Would, I would, Holly, we got to wrap up, but here's the thing. Instead of worrying about whether you're casting those feelings out onto the moment, stop for a minute and have some self-compassion for yourself about having those feelings. Oh, that's interesting. Look what's still inside of me. Look at this pain that I have for good reason that, that, that I'm not allowing myself to deal with because I have to keep it all together for everything else. Rather than doing that, you, you, you give yourself permission to love yourself. You give yourself permission to be upset and angry. You give yourself permission to feel that pain. And then you go to God, then you go to your support system. Then you go to all, you go to your horses, you go to all of these places that they're release valves for that pain. You stop for a minute and you say, wow, like I'm a lovable. I care about myself. That pain is real. And I need to go do my self care intentionally to process that pain to start to feel better. To take that anger off the top so that I can get to those other emotions all of those things become the outlets and, and, you know, and to be honest with you, Holly, there is a time and a place when the right crafted letter is a way to could be therapeutic is a way that that could be therapeutic. And, and it would be okay to do that. I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but you want to make sure that you're looking at it from what you're actually trying to accomplish when you do it. Because if you're doing it just to, like you said, cast more shame, you'll feel worse about yourself. If you're doing it to, Absolutely. to let the anger come off, that's fine. If you're doing it to process your own emotions, that's fine. If you're doing it with no expectation of a response back, that's fine. That's just one more chimney among all the other chimneys that Brandon has mentioned today. So um, I know I know that there's probably, there's so much that we could cover. I wish we had more time today, Holly, but thank you for- Thank you for being vulnerable. Today. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank yeah. you for everything. Thank you for the podcast and thank you for continuing. Like, thank you for really, you guys are very helpful. I don't know if uh, you get a lot of positive feedback and I listen to it, but 
I have to tell you, I really don't know if I would be where I am today after just a short year if it wasn't for for having the podcasts that are out there and the time and effort that you guys put into this. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you so Alex. much. We appreciate that. Uh, for those of you guys listening, if this has been impactful for you, throw a shout out to Holly on make a comment on, you know, Apple iTunes or something, um, a way to get to her so she could see it. Um, and thank you guys for being here and listening with us. All right. We'll see you guys later.